Hi, welcome to Connecting the Dots, the podcast where we share our stories from the battlefield of consulting. I'm your host, Johnny Hill. I'm Dan Sorak. I'm Andy Nichols. I'm Phil Gambling. Hey, I'm Kareem Jamal. Today, we're discussing when a project should really be considered done and what it takes to get to that point, as well as how to finish a project on the right note. Let's get started. So to start off, we should probably define what we mean by done, because there are different types of projects that might end in different ways, whether it's continuing the engagement in some way or another, or there's a strict cutoff or your end of life thing. Uh, product of some kind. So let's talk a little bit about the different ways that a project could be considered done. Well, the obvious one is, you know, we met we met the contractual agreements of the SOW, the statement of work that we're in. <clears throat> but I find that usually is just the end of a, a phase, right? Because if we've done our job well, they want more. You know, the clients will come back for for more work. So hopefully it never truly finishes. And we like to do one more step in our process to just make it more explicit. So making sure, as Phil said, uh, contractually, we've hit on the items and the deliverables have been you know, handed over, uh, but we also have a validation step. And so in that validation meeting, what we do is go through all the work we've done and uh, make sure they have access, the client has access to all the deliverables they can walk through it themselves, they can use it, and uh, making sure we have stakeholder sign-off so that everyone's on the same page that, yes, this stage of the project is now complete, just for that extra assurance, instead of just, hey, here are the things, okay, we'll talk to you later, and then they sort of have to figure it out themselves. <laughs> Having that sort of validation and handover meeting uh, is always great to have, and it's great to help build uh, future relationships and the continuation should they want to move forward? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that done also sort of um, the, there are multiple sort of versions of done, right? I mean, um, a, a contract could be contractual to a certain time frame or end date, or it could be contractual to uh, the deliverables themselves, whether all the you know check boxes are ticked. Um, and then there's the sort of surprise we're done um, case where the client has either decided to can the project or decided to to sort of end end the engagement abruptly and you know those things ha all happen i guess there are there are sort of multiple gray areas of done uh, you know you know, it's, uh, uh, you know maybe, one way you know it's yeah. done in that in that like abrupt ending case is yeah andy sends you a message to stop working <laughs> <laughs> after you come back from a week off yes <laughs> Uh, there are different approaches, right, to, to how you want to uh, slide into home, so to speak, uh, uh, you know, depending on the, the subjective kind of case that you're in, right? Yeah, I think I think the core one, though, is um, there's, there's always multiple gray areas, right? We're, we're dealing with gray areas all the time in these things. But obviously, the, the statement of work or the contract or the terms of the agreement are the, are the key things to measure against and that's always got to be the baseline for any short-term or, or time-bounded or budget-constricted development effort and I think this it, it calls out many other things that we've talked about in other podcasts um, like how uh, you know it's always important to have a kickoff to, to baseline that agreement 
with the client before you actually start into the development. So you've got at least a point in time where everyone's on the same page that you can start to measure against as the, as the development velocity increases and changes come in at a faster pace, you've got something to manage against. And then that calls in regular communication and status reports and documentation and approval of changes that might come during the life cycle of the development. It definitely depends on what kind of project we're talking about. I think it's kind of like Dandy's point, you know, these the smaller, more POC type project, it's very clear. I need to build this thing for this very specific purpose. Maybe there's a big meeting with uh, investors. So we've got to get that demoable flashy front end ready by this date. But then those longer term like staff augmentation type engagements, it's it just kind of continues. There isn't really a clear done, uh, at least in my experience, those have been the more abrupt endings because of other things just outside of our control. But ideally, like there was no no intention for them to end anytime soon. So I'm kind of so to the whole life cycle point. Yeah, it's like, it just really depends what kind of project it is too about what done means. There's another kind of project kind of within that that could be the like, where you're transitioning from like a legacy product to a new product. So then there's a there's an end in sight, which is sunsetting the old products, but that kind of flows yeah. into a, an ongoing or at least hopefully ongoing engagement where you're maintaining and improving and adding features to the new product. So done is like, okay, well, the old, the old version is sunset and we've kind of migrated everyone over. That's done, but there's still work to be done moving forward in kind of what we're transitioning to. So that's, that's kind of another type that you could find yourself in. And you should be clear from the get-go, which of those uh, is your done, right? Mm -hmm. Which one are you going towards? Uh, it's good it to know the, at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if it's the latter, you're in for a much longer ride than the former, right? Because that can go on for years, depending on how uh, massive your product is. Right, I think that's probably one thing that's worth clarifying is it's, it is not a bad thing to have an end in sight. Obviously, the kinds of engagements we do, we, we want to continue working with our clients and for them to have a good experience and say, hey, what can we do next? How can we continue working together? But even in those situations where that's the goal, it is good and appropriate to know like, hey, what is the scope of this and where are we finishing? Where is the finish line? So it's not always just pushing back, if that makes sense. So right. I think there can be a sense that being done is a bad thing because it's like, oh, that's the end of something. But even just like from a personal like work experience, like when you're at the end of something, you've learned a lot and you can kind of look back and see that. And that's a good place to be and a good place to be in. If you're always like pushing the end back, it's really hard to get to those points where you can look back and see what you learned. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think like that is actually, especially a draw for the, the kind of people that we recruit and work here is like, we want to finish things, get things over the finish line. Mm -hmm. We don't want to just be on the same thing for years and years and years. I think that's actually... A negative you know that would be like oh there's no end in sight to this project you know? <laughs> um that's that's not actually that attractive so yeah like you said having a clear definition of done is something to drive towards and, and motivating building upon that it's like having a, a timeline that's three years is not only sort of too far down the line to really force that sort of urgency that we enjoy in a sense the, the you stress, which is the good type of stress, right? Uh, with deadlines. And so if you're 
if you find yourself in that situation, that's where we really like to start enforcing some milestones, which you can think of as like mini end dates, right? It's like, hey, by this time, that's much sooner than the three years, we want this. And, you know, once we get to that milestone, we can evaluate, hey, is this milestone done, right? And apply the sense of done uh, there as well. Yeah, it's also, I think it's also important to establish early on who who owns the acceptance of the development. So, you know, do often some of the clients aren't necessarily structured or organized effectively to determine, you know, or to allocate lots of resources for testing, but it's it's pretty critical. So establishing up front, you know, how are we, how are you going to accept this? You know, we know roughly what the date's going to be, who who in the organization and how are they going to accept it? Are we going to demo the application to you for a period of time with certain people uh, approving? Are you going to do acceptance testing and, and QA internally uh, with a review at the end? So setting that, that criteria up front also allows you to build, and as you said, uh, Kareem, you know, maybe it's by phase, maybe it's by component. Um, you can actually get acceptance as you progress uh, through the development life cycle as well, not just a big bang at the end, uh, which can be much more effective and less resource in intensive. Also, when, when you look at done, um, a lot of times, uh, you know, when you're in product development, you're, you've got a, a checklist of requirements and, you know, you go down that checklist and you're not necessarily done when you check that last checkbox. I mean, uh, you know, depending on the organization and what the expectation is, uh, you know, it, it's possible that deployment and, um, you know, maintenance um, handoff is is something that that wasn't you know on that requirements list uh that would need to be you know brought up and and you know accepted by the organization to as as a an additional step to being done and, and a, lot, a lot of times those things sort of you know fall off of the the radar and uh you know you get to that point where all the check boxes are ticked but you're not really done you have to you have to engage the the organization to understand you know what they need to actually get this thing you know over the finish line yeah it's a lot of those things like thinking back to the estimation conversation and like how you know developers we tend to be better at estimating the, the development work but all those other things like yeah deployment handoff qa tend to be fuzzier but they are crucial yeah you need to define when those things will start right so as we were talking about where uh, who's doing the testing in the QA, right? If it's going to be someone else or the client, then, okay, saying they're going to do it is one thing, but saying they're going to start this and complete this by when is another, right? Because you could be totally done with the project, ready to check off and hand over, and they haven't even started testing it. And then all of a sudden they start finding bugs. And mm -hmm. now we're in this place where we're not happy because we should be done by now and they delayed the testing. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's going to drag on now. And same with, as you were saying, the, the knowledge transfer and maintenance, right? There, that should be started prior to the, the end date completion. Yeah, there's just the, a lot to ramp up on, yeah. The handoff is very important. Like the, you know, the, the relay runner passing the baton, you've, you've got to do it right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that because I think you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about what does it mean to be done. It's another to talk about 
how to be like how to get to that point and to do it well like to end well so to speak so let's talk a little bit more about like what what should that look like when you're when you're wrapping up a project and you're approaching that and, and you know that kind of can also tie into like in the various kinds of projects like how do you handle it well when the project is ending abruptly how do you handle it well when it is going on schedule and there's just you know things to check off and make sure you're doing and doing professionally and, and kind of being there for your client I think I think one of the things that I've seen is making sure that the documentation that's laid out as part of the deliverables for any SOW that we write or contract that we write are available and updated and current um, to avoid that, you know, snap decision to, to cease or whatever. But even in a, you know, a, a nicely flowing project, having those artifacts available, having been reviewed and approved on the, on the way and being able to hand those over as part of a closing um, review is extremely useful. And then following that is also a code code walkthrough and review for key personnel that are actually going to take on the maintenance and support, as, as Dan pointed out. That's always a key because sometimes it's a third party, sometimes it's internal people, and sometimes even it's us, you know, but making sure that whoever's taking this on fully understands the, the architecture, the design and the construct and, and functioning uh, code is is very important on a successful handover and, and i think there's a there's a range of different you know levels of this right if you're doing a poc you know it's it's maybe less important to have uh, you know all the t's crossed and i's dotted you know wh whereas if you're you're moving into a production sort of environment it's much more important to to have all those things in place and 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 running and and handed off properly and uh, you know i think that one of the important things for for a smooth handoff is to make sure that the documentation is up to date. It has been evergreened because we, as we all know, things change during development. Oh, yeah. So architectural diagrams, and, and I love architectural diagrams. As, as a developer, I want to see, you know, the whole picture tells a thousand words paradigm. It, you know, conversely, if these things are out of date or incorrect, it's going to cause an exponential level of confusion on the handoff. So it's, it's, it's critically important that these things be maintained as the architecture matures, as the product develops, um, so that you can have a smooth handoff and that the people receiving this, this information are receiving the correct information. Yeah, keeping the documents up to date. I mean, just even like the initial SOW, it's, I just think of projects where even just over the course of a month, things have drifted so much from the goals set out, you know, in in text in that document, because no one no one looks at it, or maybe it's somewhere where the person who handles the contracts is very, very set, like far removed from the day to day work. And, and sometimes that's because people aren't paying attention, and sometimes it's intentional, right? After you got a couple of weeks in, it's like, oh, the goal changed. Uh, whether because we discovered something or because the client has some new priorities that came in from above and they wanna go that direction, right? And in the latter case, at least, it's important to document that. So at the end, when you are reviewing against contractual, you should have a record and sign off at each of those changes from all stakeholders involved uh, to say, okay, this is gonna be our focus because the contract is really the single source of truth at that point in time, right? And then addendums, 
that come onto it need to be encompassed and looked at holistically at the end when doing the final checklist review. Yeah, for for management, absolutely. Being a developer myself, uh, you know, I am more concerned about the the functional, you know, what and how and you know why things are happening. So I think it's really important to to maintain an evergreen on these not necessarily requirements documents, but architectural and implementation documentation, especially uh, embedded documentation in the code. You know, I'm, I find myself constantly, you know, going back and double checking to make sure that the XML docs or whatever in the code itself is actually being stated correctly because they don't magically update themselves. You know, you refactor code and it's it's critically important, especially if you're handing it off to another organization to do maintenance work and to do, you know, ongoing development that those documents are are kept evergreen and are not left to the last minute to be added or updated or something, especially in the case where you've got, you know, an abrupt ending. In other words, what I'm saying is it's critical to keep the documents moving along in step with the code as it's being developed. And I think that a lot of times that sort of falls by the wayside due to time constraints or, or whatever. So it's important to bring that, you know, to understand how the handoff, who the handoff is going to go to, whether this is going to be kind of like a shrink wrap project product, or if it's going to be a sort of handoff maintenance, further development kind of thing. And to, you know, approach that documentation, knowing that as you go in. That kind of discipline, then it just makes like the handoff, that handoff meeting, just more of a, yep, check that box, that mm -hmm. document's over here and our, mm -hmm. you know, our agreed on wiki or wherever we keep those documents versus like, Oh, what what is this thing? Oh, I better I'm gonna have to like scramble and write that now. <laughs> you know, yeah, so right. call it call right. it done. Yeah. Well, let's not overlook the fact that like ending well in that situation, having everything squared away and ready to go, like ends the project on a good note for your customer. And then hopefully mm -hmm. it does lead to, you know, down the line referrals or future engagements or things like that. Whereas, you know, the damage you can do by doing a good project. And then at the very end, fumbling with the documentation and like the busy work that you tend to forget about that's really important can really like sour the whole thing. So yeah. I think it's worth recognizing that. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's the same with um, change management uh, during the life of the development. As, as we've said, you know, things change constantly. You'll, you'll have a design or uh, and when it's reviewed, it's realized that the data source is not available or... The, the feature's not quite what was originally perceived and, and there's a change made and a decision made and then development continues with that change. If that's not captured somewhere um, and documented uh, for everyone to see and shared, then you know there's a consequence at the end where people uh, can be upset that the original premise was not delivered and there was a variation on it. And we've seen that before. So keep, uh, you know, keeping all documentation, especially around agreements to change features or functions is pretty critical in a, in a conclusion to a project. If there's a formal acceptance, um, you've got all of the relevant documentation available to show what the decision criteria was, when it was made, how and, and who made it, which is uh, very important and easily forgotten and left, left by the wayside. Assume everyone has short-term memory loss. Yes. Uh, 
I know I comment my own code, so I remember things all the time. So yeah. yes, it's yeah. just the safest assumption, and yeah. if you if you operate on that, you'll you'll have your basis covered usually. And and there's a, a difference between something being done and something being done well, right? Which is what we've been talking about, right? There's being done. Hey, you everything you've checked off, you've met the the requirements, and you've handed it over. And then being done well is this documentation, all this handoff process, making sure it's tested. You don't want it to feel like the end of the project is very hurried, right? You don't want to give that impression mm -hmm. off. Like these guys rode in on horses. There's a whole lot of dust everywhere. And when the dust settles, everyone's gone, right? There's nothing mm -hmm. there. That doesn't leave for a great, uh, as, you know, as, as Johnny was saying, a taste in your mouth, right? It's just kind of bitter and I guess in this analogy, kind of sandy uh, and gritty, right? You don't, you don't, you don't want that. You want them to have a nice taste in their mouth at the end of this that they want to come back with and uh, do more uh, work with you to keep yeah. uh, building on the success. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very big proponent of, of taking advantage of the embedded documentation tools, the XML doc capabilities of, you know, C Sharp and, and VB.net to document your code and to provide, you know, useful uh, linkage, you know, in, in your code, you can create hyperlinks in there. You can create references, CREFs to other pieces of code. You can explain a lot in that documentation, and it's nice to have it right there from a developer perspective. Uh, and so, I like to come in to a particular problem uh, with that notion in mind: is to document it as I actually implement the code, and and to make the documentation useful. If you're calling, you know, methods from a different, uh, or you're integrating multiple libraries together to to describe how that integration works in there and why why it's being done, I think that helps for a, a smoother transition. Allows people to understand what you've done in the code that much more easily. Um, so let's spend a little bit of time talking about how do you set yourself up to have you know having an end in sight and knowing that's what you're moving towards and, and making that a priority. In a, lot, in a lot of ways, it's harder to have a clear end in sight and, and have everyone in agreement about that than it is to just kind of have vague ideas of somewhere out in the future and then you never actually finish. I feel like it's even harder when you consider a lot of these projects will start with some phase of discovery too, especially stuff mm -hmm. like news. It's like, what is done if I don't actually know what we're doing yet? But I guess the answer to that is part of that will be to uh, then update and document and what what is done once we've discovered what it is we're doing that'll be part of that uh discovery is like well where where's the goal here you may not start with an end in sight but you know that one phase of it is to determine what a realistic end should be and then yeah. when that phase is you know done then you'll know when the whole thing can be done so to speak yeah, I think that's um, we've covered in in other discussions as well is having that initial and successful kickoff with the team that you're going to be working with and and the leadership of the client is to clearly go through that statement of work again or the contract and make sure that all of those vague paragraphs that might be in there are clearly understood. Um, and re resetting expectations. So if there is a discovery period, you know, outlining what that actually means. It means we're going to ask a lot of questions. We're going to delve into things in detail. And as a consequence, an estimate or a timeline may change at the end of that. And at the end of this period, we're going to review everything and reset expectations and agreements based on that those new discoveries. 
And I think I think it's the same for for being done. If you stayed at the very beginning, who is going to be responsible for acceptance and what that looks like? Is it bringing in a third party to test something? Is it bringing in, um, you know, the the support group from a, a different organization to validate the the supportability? Having all those things in the plan and outlined as milestones that you you refer to consistently throughout the development can can only benefit in the end as to determining when you when you're complete and when everyone's happy. And also laying out the responsibilities, right? So for yeah. a discovery, we're doing say the first four weeks of UX discovery and design. Well, we need these people, these subject matter experts, to be available. You know, this amount of time during these four weeks for providing requirements and validation uh, on the designs, right? Or for testing in a twelve-week engagement, maybe starting at week eight whoever's responsible for the QA really needs to start hitting it hard. Uh, that way, by the end, everything's covered, bugs are reported and fixed, right? Or starting at week 10, we start the handover process. And these are the people that need to be available to receive that knowledge transfer. And so outlining the responsibilities up front will make for a smoother dive into home base. Well, even continuing that, like those different people are in the project for certain periods of time. So their done is different from the overall project being done. You may only need, you know, certain people during the initial discovery process. And then when they roll off, you know, they're making room for others to come on and continue that work. But as far as they're concerned, they're, they've kind of finished that process. So I think that's another element you can kind of think about when we talk about a project being done is, or do you mean the project as a whole, or do you mean specific roles for specific people throughout the project? Yeah. And throughout the process, try to make sure that everyone on the, the client side is aware of the progress and the changes and the updates, because you'll be surprised to learn that sometimes the direct manager uh, or point of contact you're working with has a different understanding of done than their uh, <laughs> manager or other senior leadership, right? And now you're in this middle ground where you're stuck between their conflict because they can't agree. And you can't be qualified as done until they're both happy, right? So mm -hmm. making sure they're both aligned via us, uh, right? Uh, which seems kind of strange to say, but it's, it's the reality because everyone's busy and some organizations are very large. But making sure everyone's aligned also makes that process smoother as you, you know, come around the corner. Mm -hmm. And if possible, it's also good to engage from, from the other end of the spectrum, right? Using uh, tools like code reviews and things like that to engage, you know, the, the receiving end developers to better understand the implementation and to ease the transition of the handoff at the, at the done point. I think both ends. And I think, I think it's important to also to, to do that at that level, because a lot of times there are those channels that flow through, you know, the developer level and that bubble up on the other side, on the, uh, you know, on the organization side. And I think that that helps the handoff happen at the point of done from, from, you know, that perspective, the sort of bottom up perspective. A pr part of our process, Xperia's process, which I think is, is extremely good is, you know, as, as you progress through the de development, lots of things come out, lots of ideas, things that some, some of them get incorporated some of them don't, but capturing everything as you go and, and building a backlog of things, improvements, new features, you know, ideas 
that have come up during the development have been shared across the combined groups. Capturing that in a, in a backlog uh, that you can show the client as to you know thoughts about the next phase or or ideas that were were brought up showing that that um, you know we've been listening we understand where the product's going um i think that's a a, a great part of our process that um, we do consistently and very successfully on all of our projects is leaving um you know the end of an engagement or the or the end of a phase of an engagement with a projection as to what can come next, what can benefit the platform, and how, you know, in, in some instances, even estimates as to what might take us to the next phase. Uh, that's always been incredibly well received um, by clients I've worked with. Yeah, a, a, a to-do list sort of, you know, a, you know, handoff it or next steps kind of list of things. Yeah, I think that's important as well we should call this phase like the ending phase like the touchdown phase right because if we start off with the kickoff we should end with you know the touchdown continuing with the analogy or like a, how a plane touches down right and the right. end end zone get mm -hmm. it it's it's all connected it's all makes sense <laughs> landing the booster on the barge right yeah, yeah. <laughs> now here's a question is what what's easier kicking off or ending well uh, they're both hard yes reasons, I guess. Yeah. yes yeah. the answer is yes and what happens in between is important as well. Right? Well, you don't. Yeah. No. Do you know if you picked off well until you finish well? Mm. Yeah, they're, they're inextricably linked, right? If you mm -hmm. don't have a good kickoff and, and clarification and, and understanding, done is a vague term that you're working towards and you're going to have to scramble. Uh, so that initial engagement is, is everything and then constant mm -hmm. communication. Constant in any relationship, you've yeah. got to communicate, and especially in in our field of work, where where things can change and discoveries are made as you go, uh, it's really important to maintain that communication. Thanks for connecting with us today. If you have a complex software problem that needs solving, thoughts on what we discussed today, or ideas on what topics we should tackle next feel free to reach out to us at podcast at experoinc.com or on Twitter at experoinc. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us and we look forward to connecting with you next time. I think it's a missed opportunity that nowhere in this podcast did we say dun, dun, dun. Because <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> or dun dun dun. dun. Yeah. I believe right. you. I had some brilliant comment to make, and you wrote, "Fix the FAA glitch." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good joke. The the, the idea is totally derailed. Pilot successful and, and fix the FAA glitch. That, that joke yeah, really, it was so distracting. That joke really crashed Andy's. Yeah, Andy's Andy's plane of thought. Yeah, I was like, as soon as I was saying that, like, ah, it doesn't work either. <laughs> well, I guess we the answer is we just need to give everyone but Kareem added access to the plan doc. <laughs> Send him a shadow document. And he thinks, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> he thinks he's editing. <laughs>